What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Chat Shit Get Smart. I hope we're all doing tremendously at the moment. <laughs> doing tremendously. What is that? When have I ever said that to anybody? I hope we're all keeping well, is what I probably should have said. And thank you all again for joining me. So on today's episode, I'm just going to be having a quick chat about some fitness industry gripes. So some things within the whole fitness industry that just kind of get to me a small bit. You could say piss me off. I mightn't go that far, but just certain things that get me thinking like, why are they doing this and what, why is this happening and all this, that and the other. So we're going to get into it here. The first one that I'm always saying to myself, Jesus Christ, is when I see people running. Running has taken up huge popularity since the first lockdown and fair enough people don't have gym equipment they don't have access to gyms and that is fair enough so they just decide i'm gonna run first of all i'd say fucking 80 percent of people who are doing this shouldn't be running they fucking held their poor knees and ankles and they come in then you see them so often well if there's any personal trainers isn't to this or anybody else who deals with people you might hear people complaining about their knees, about their ankles, and a lot of the time it's always running related because people don't run correctly. And I'm not saying I'm a running expert. I am far from a running expert. But people don't run correctly. And you know it as well. You could be going for a walk and you could be fucking looking straight ahead and you can hear somebody coming behind you and they're a mile away. You just hear their feet, doom, 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 smacking the floor. And all you're thinking is, Christ, their poor knees and ankles must be in shit. And lo and behold, a couple of weeks of running and they're crocked. They can't keep it up. I just don't think it's the most sustainable way of exercising at all. I really don't. I honestly think a lot of people would benefit more by going out on a long walk. A brisk walk as well, not a leisurely stroll. I mean, a brisk walk, it'll get your heart rate up a bit. I think that's more sustainable and it's going to do people a lot more good than just waking up in the morning, trying to pair shorts, trying to pair running shoes and just running. No proper warm up, no nothing. They just go out and they fucking make a dog's dinner of it. You hear the feet clattering against the floor. You hear the, <laughs> the, heavy, <laughs> the heavy breathing. No control of their breath work or anything. And it's like, fucking hell. You need to learn how to walk before you can run. Jesus, it's just not good. It's like if you went into a gym and if you were lifting weights, you'd want you'd want to have proper technique or else you'd hurt yourself. But people don't apply that to running. They just think, hey, I can do this, no bother. So they get up, they get up and they just run and a few weeks later, they're fucked. So I think if you are going to run, join a club or do something where your technique is going to be critiqued because if you, want, if you actually seriously want to keep up running, as a long-term thing, as a sustainable endeavor for years and years and years. Do it properly. Do it properly. And as I said earlier, there's nothing what there's nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with going out for a big long walk. There's no need to go for a fucking run if you're not built to run or you're not if your technique isn't there. But if your technique is there, away with you, good on you. I don't like running though. The second little thing that kind of I'm thinking like, what the fuck here? 
is another thing COVID related in a way is these online classes. Okay, fair enough. Brilliant. It gets people moving. It gets people's heart right up. They don't sit in the couch. Happy days. But let's say the instructor, like let's say there's a female instructor who is well muscled and who is in great nick. That instructor did not get to look like that by doing online classes. And I just wish that the people doing the classes would know that too. You, you're not going to build muscle by doing online classes. There's no two ways about it. So I just think that should be thrown out there a small bit more as well. You'll get a sweat doing an online class. You might pick up an injury or two. But you're not going to build muscle. So you might see somebody doing an online class. They might have fucking big quads. They might have capped shoulders. Fucking whatever. You're not going to get that by doing online classes. And that's not being harsh. That's just being realistic. If you actually look into, say, hypertrophy, so that would be muscle building, the mechanisms of hypertrophy would be, let's say, mechanical tension, muscle damage, and metabolic stress. The main one of that there being mechanical tension. You're getting no mechanical tension in your front room. You're being put under no real load. so And you're not going to be progressing it as optimally as you would in a gym setting. So if you are looking to build muscle and if you are looking to, let's say, have a body similar to an instructor that you are doing an online class with, you're never going to have that body because you are not that instructor. But if you were looking just to change your body slightly by putting on a bit of muscle, look elsewhere from online classes because you are not going to build muscle doing a class. I think they're good. Online classes are good. It gets you moving. Heart rate up, as I said. It makes you feel like you've done something, which is all good. But just realize the mechanisms of hypertrophy are not going to occur during an online class. Um, And I think I would enjoy, like, because I've done a lot of these classes. And if people could leave on their cameras, that's another thing. Because... Fuck, I keep doing exercises and I don't know who's on the other side a lot of the time. So if I could see what somebody's doing and if I need to scale back a movement, then I can talk through that movement with that person because fuck, I could have Mary down the road who's a couple of stone overweight. I'm not going to have Mary doing burpees because those burpees might put Mary six feet under and I don't want to be called in to court for fucking manslaughter. So... (laughs) No thanks. I think if you're doing it on a class, well, you have to make it like you have to scale it back to the individual. So this means going on about leaving cameras on so I can make things easier for people. But I think these online classes they are brilliant, but the people doing them need to fucking have a bit of an idea of what's going on so that if they are doing an exercise and they need to scale it back, they know what to do. Okay. The next little thing that gets on my nerves. And this, to be fair, I've gotten a bit better not getting so angry about these because a few years back, I used to be an awful bollocks for for calling people out, was, um, let's say, nutritional misinformation. And mainly because I was a victim of all this misinformation for years and years and years. Like, I've been through everything. Like, inverted commas, clean eating. I was one of those heads for a long time. Like, what's that even mean? Why is it clean food and why is it dirty? I think we all know what it means, but... It's just horrendous terminology. 
it gets you nowhere. Um, and then your guilt, your fucking your guilty as shit. Then if you have a fucking cheeseburger or something, like I remember going to roosters and even being like, oh fuck, I can't be eating this. Or going to ramen, thinking I was fucking putting on loads of weight after ramen. Just this, this whole clean and dirty terminology for food is just horrendous. But then I went to the other side of the if it fits your macros. So that means you may have a calorie target and then you have your macronutrient targets for the day. And it really doesn't matter as long as you hit those targets. So I was trying to fit all the shit I could into my diet. Complete disregard for your micronutrition. Complete regard disregard for fucking what sort of, let's say, fats are getting into your diet. I am sure as long as I hit my total carbs, fat and protein, I'm all G. But that's not the case either. So there's just loads of misinformation. And you know what? I don't see it as much now because I've just unfollowed everybody that gives all this bollocks info. Um, but I, I know it's probably still out there. And I just hope people are kind of a bit more wise to it now. And like, there's not much to nutrition at the end of the day. Like we all know what we should and what we shouldn't eat. We all know. And if you don't know, fuck it, you need a bit of work. Like, but, but I think we all know what we should and shouldn't eat. I always go back as well as saying, like, if in the future there's, if anybody has kids or something like that, let's say, if you have a child, if you have a young fella, a young girl running around the house, like, what are you going to tell your child to eat? More than likely, it's not going to be all the sweets, all the chocolate, all the crisps. It's not going to be that. It's going to be nutritious food that is good for them but do you pass that information on to yourself you probably don't so i think you just have to be honest with yourself as well but when fucking thinking about nutrition like we're not children anymore just eat like an adult and i know like have a bit of rubbish every now and again that's something that i think i didn't do for far too long i completely removed myself from social eating from enjoying foods that are sweet um and it was stupid because I wasn't enjoying food as much. But now that I've introduced these back into my diet a bit more, the 80-20 rule, it's a fucking, it's probably bay at home at this time. Everybody's heard it, but it is true. 80% of your diet comes from whole foods, come from fruits, veggies, lean protein sources, um, like polyunsaturated fats from your fish, saturated fats or unsaturated even or monounsaturated, whatever you want to go for. Um, saturated fat, even, that's not bad either. People, this fat is bad as bollocks as well. Fat is not bad. Carbs are not bad. But, see, I'm sidetracked there now. What the fuck was I talking about? Ah, uh, come on, O'Keele, what was I talking about? I'm after losing my mind. I'm after losing my mind. Introducing foods back into the diet. So 80-20, so 80% whole foods, and then 20%, whatever the fuck you want. But just don't do the dog on it. Don't eat fucking two large pizzas and two tubs of Ben & Jerry's because that ain't going to do your digestive tract any good. But just have some, have foods that you think are slightly fucking inverted commas, dirty, and you'll be all good then. 80-20. Um, th- a lot of people as well follow information on instagram from let's say bodybuilders and that's okay if your goal is to be a bodybuilder 
but the vast majority of people who are looking at that content are not going to want to be bodybuilders. So a big one I see is Coco Pops post-workout. There is nothing wrong with it. But if you are on a calorie-restrictive diet and you're giving, let's say, giving Coco Pops post-workout, what is the rationale for those Coco Pops? Like if you've asked for them in a diet because you absolutely love them, fair enough. But if you have a coach that's saying, oh, it's to um, top up your glycogen stores because of your workout, well, that's just, that's not really that true because a resistance training workout depletes hardly any glycogen. There's been, fuck, I do remember what it was. I forget who did it, but there was research done years ago when there was multiple sets taken to failure. Multiple sets taken to failure. And... Glycogen was not depleted by a significant amount. So, and especially if it's like, say, a small female doing a resistance training uh, session, they are not going to deplete, deplete their glycogen some huge amount. So, if you're eating Cocoa Pops to restore your glycogen, I think twice about that. Are they the most satiating of foods? When you ever finish a bowl of Cocoa Pops, you're like, fucking hell, I'm stuffed after that. No, they're not the most filling of foods. So just because a big bodybuilder might be eating Cocoa Pops post-workout does not mean you have to too. Um, fair enough. I do enjoy Cocoa Pops and I have been given them post-workout, but I have 175 grams of Cocoa Pops and a few months back I was having 200 grams of Cocoa Pops. That's almost a full box. I would never really give that to somebody because it's not that practical, but with the amount of calories I was on at the time, that's what I had and it was just easy to get in. But very rarely will I give somebody Cocoa Pops post-workout or any time because it's not going to fill them up that much. But if you want them, bait away. It's all about, well, this is probably, you could say a balanced diet, but like, what the fuck's a balanced diet? I think having at least one meal a day with a range of veggies in it, trying to at least eat two to three pieces of fruit every day and trying to have three protein feedings a day and stay hydrated throughout the day. I think if you have that as a base, you can't really go too far wrong. So if you try to have three protein feedings in a day, maybe two, three pieces of fruit a day and at least one meal where you might have five different pieces of veg in it. Start that as a base and see where you can take it. Um, but yeah, I think nutritional information is a bad one. And actually, a book I just finished today is called The the Almanac of Naval Ravikant. And in it, um, Naval Ravikant starts talking about nutrition and how it has impacted his life. And he talks about, say, what do you say? He goes, dietary fat drives satiety. Dietary sugar drives hunger. The sugar effect dominates. Control your appetite accordingly. But first of all, see, this is where I... Dietary fat drives satiety. Does it? I don't think it does there. If you take a handful of nuts, you don't eat those handful of fucking cashews and be like, oh, I'm stuffed, I'm done. So I, I think Naval is completely wrong there. If you're thinking satiety, you're thinking protein, which is the most satiating of foods and white potatoes I think scored the highest on the satiety index of food so that's carbohydrates so and then 
which, which will be broken down to glucose, so sugar. So dietary sugar drives hunger. Doubt it. I don't know. I think he's like he's wrong, and that's in a book, a book that's released everywhere around the world. That kind of misinformation, where it should say, dietary protein drives satiety, and dietary sugar and fat combined probably drives hunger in those foods we all know that drive hunger your shit food your sweets and all that so yeah i think just be be careful of where you get your information from and question everything question me what i'm saying here question absolutely everything that's another important thing to do and last one would be i think i spoke about this before but it's say transparent transparency 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 <laughs> um with anabolic use so with steroid use it's rampant these days and especially on social media on instagram quite a lot of people who you are looking at are taking steroids and you are naive to it and there is nothing wrong with that person taking it there is nothing wrong with somebody being on anabolic steroids but there is a problem when they are not honest about it and they are just fooling people especially females the vast majority of us know when a male is on steroids they're fucking huge you'd know them and but the problem then is when females are on them and when there might be young females looking up to that person being like i'd love to look like that now i'm going to get into the gym and they might start lifting for a few months and year whatever but they never get to look like that and they get disheartened but little do they know that that female they're looking up to is fucking being pumped full of steroids it just pisses me off because people get disheartened muscle growth and changing the way you look takes so much time you need to be consistent as a mofo and just show up and just lift your weights and go home recover and eat food for years and years and years to make a drastic change to your body that's the kind of consistency you'll need of years of commitment to it but we all see these people and we want to look at like that in a click of a fingers i just think we need to we need to just be more transparent that if you are an anabolic user just let people know so that they know okay fair enough i'm not going to look like that because I'm not an anabolic user. So I think transparency within the fitness industry and steroids needs to be, I'd say, almost regulated because fucking hell. You see it so often, people saying, oh, do you think so-and-so is on um, steroids? And it's, Of course they are. Of course they are. You're not going to look like that without any extra help. So, yeah. Wow, it's going to be 20 minutes. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to do another one of these actually because I can go on easily. I barely even, that was only four points, but I can keep going. Um, So yeah, thank you all for listening. I will speak to you all again very, very, very soon. Enjoy the rest of your morning, afternoon or evening, whatever time you are listening to it. And you know I said it before, but you know, it'd be very, very, very nice. A quick share on Instagram would be brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. Goodbye.